all of a sudden I look over and a guy whips his pants down and is like, did everybody else wear those underwear those guys gave us? Like, how crazy awesome are these? And he's sitting there with his pants off at the table. And I was like, when has that ever happened before? What is going on, guys? This is Brandon Dendis, co-founder of Indie Get Up, and you're listening to the Indie Get Up podcast. On this show, we talk to founders of innovative fashion brands that are paving the way for a more sustainable future. Our conversations unpack the entrepreneurial journey and share valuable insights on how you can create and run a profitable business while advocating and contributing to environmental efforts and social impact. For our second episode, we chat with Des Price, the founder of Beneath, the most comfortable men's performance underwear. In this conversation, Des shares with us how he went from getting laid off from his marketing director role to starting the premier underwear brand within the outdoor space. We also get to connect with Adam Chunks, Beneath's director of integrated marketing. He shares with us their approach to combating the current economic climate and what we should expect from Beneath in the coming months. So without further ado, I'm super stoked for you to listen in on our conversation with the founder of Beneath, Des Price. So you've sort of, sort of already touched on it uh, quite a bit already, but you know, what was the original inspiration for, I guess, first my package and then Beneath? Where did this all start for you guys? Talk about your origins. You know, you have a line on your website where you say increased comfort equals increased performance. So was it more from a personal standpoint when uh, perhaps you were riding on the mountain or, or, you know, surfing or just lifestyle oriented? You know, where, where did you guys come up with the idea? Uh, for Well, for me, when we first started, so I uh, got laid off from or let go from, I basically worked in the action sports for a distributor. I was the director of marketing and worked for many different brands and they were kind of going through a transition and um, I'd been there for nine years and kind of my boss at that time and kind of knew that I needed to move on and do try something different. It's kind of like late twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was sitting around with my business partner, Dustin, who had owned a snowboard shop in Kelowna and he had just sold it. Uh, so we were kind of sitting around his coffee for his dining room table one night eating dinner. And it's like, well, we're both down and he's like, I got some money. What do we think we're going to do next? And I mean, I, all my friends that are in the industry, there's from people that own hat companies, clothing companies, outerwear, snowboard, skateboard, you mean name it. And I'm like, man, it'd be cool to be able to come to trade show or something and to have something completely different and something that nobody's doing. And we kind of started looking at like, well, what's left? And it's like, well, socks and underwear are the only things that are really left. And this was like 2010 and 2009, 2010. And that's kind of, we're like, well, what what's like what do you do with socks and underwear and that's when we kind of started we had an old pair of calvin Klein's and started working and that like how do we make it more comfortable and then it's just more came around to the fact that like underwear really hadn't been cool since marky mark so how could we make this cool and also add some you know performance side to it and then obviously like being a surfer, you know, going with a surf when I'm on vacation, I wouldn't say I'm a surfer, but I'd say I love surfing when I'm on vacation, you know, the wakeboarding, snowboarding, skateboarding, growing up, there's always that uncomfortable uh, part of it when depending on like the weather, depending on, you know, rashing, 
slapping, et cetera, et cetera, not to get too graphic. And that's kind of when Dustin and we, you know, cut some fabric and then we went to his mom and did some sewing. And then we sent that across to uh, some factory connections and that's kind of how it was born. And that's really where it started. And we kind of got a first couple samples in and I was on the road uh, coaching, helping coach some of the Canadian snowboard team in Colorado. And we gave it out to quite a few people to try it out and everyone came back to us and it's like, you have to do this. This is insane how comfortable it is. And like, that's really where it was kind of started. We didn't really do much with it. Um, after that, like that fast, we took it pretty slow because we were doing other things. But, mm-hmm. you know, by 2013 is really when we started setting up our own offices. And then that's when I believe Chunt, you came on right around there. You were still riding for me at that time. Um, but that's 2014. when yeah. 14 is kind of like when we started putting full time behind it. So that's, that's the kind of the story. So it was kind of one of those very, you know, we wanted to do something, saw an opportunity. I mean, growing up and launching a lot of brands, uh, during my twenties, I watched some big brands, you know, from reef to obey Osiris, you know, capital coal union sure. and, I really kind of like through the whole thing really started taking notes if I was ever going to do it. And I was like, realized that some of the brands that just do super well every season are brands that are not seasonal. They're affordable by everybody and 50% of the population needs them. And then it always seemed like the, like some of these products that these, a lot of these brands had, they would have one that would have like, let's take the reef Mick Fanning sandal for instance. And they just kill it with that as a bottle opener on the bottom. Yeah. And it's, Something that people can talk about. It's this added little thing. You'd be at a party and everybody would be like, hey, you have a bottle opener? I'd look down and be like, it's one's on your sample, man. But you don't even know. You forget that it has, but it's just this actual extra little piece that's added that gives you press. It's different than what everybody else is doing. So, you know, realistically, we just came up with an idea to make the coolest underwear that had the most comfortable technology added that was different than what anybody else has. And, uh, you know, make it affordable for everybody and sustainable now. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to touch on that in a second, but um, I'm, as you probably know at this point, sustainability is one of the themes of our podcast here at Get Up. So I know you guys are working with Tencel a little bit. You're moving towards um, some more eco-friendly manufacturing uh, agendas. Talk a little bit about that. How does that uh, sure. So when we first started, I think our first pair came in. Um, like, so obviously when you send stuff across the factory, the factory will only give you like kind of the fabric that's like left over or whatever for samples. Like they're not, you know, not using real stuff. So what happened is like before we even, this was like 2009, 2010 when we were getting samples, some, they just sent us a pair in Modell. And we had never felt it before and then nobody else was using it. And that's really how it came to go like we were thinking cotton we were thinking a poly blend a nylon blend um based on what was already in the market so when that first arrived we were like what is this like this is not shrinking this is not you know it's so breathable it's lasting long um so we were just we were blown away from that and then so tencel is used to be called lensing and i actually went to their um korean offices and basically did a tour and learned how it beats the beach winds broken down to, you know, pulp, pulp into fiber, fiber into pear. And I was just blown away by the whole process of how 
you know, one tree is cut down, another tree is planted. So this the sustainability of it was, it was just an amazing process for in 2009 when there was really no, nothing really being done like that. Um, obviously that wasn't even major marketing, but from my past growing up with my dad being an environmental supervisor for some of the biggest mines and some companies, I always have, he's always taught me like, you know, you're not trying to be like force things down, but anytime you can find something that has this like nice revolving loop of sustainability that helps the planet, it's just a great way to go. And from then on, that was it. Like that's, we just made a non-negotiable side of it, like no cotton, no, you know, anything that we do as far, like, cause that's the biggest question. Like why are people like, why don't you have a cheap repair? Why don't you do this? And it's like, we just don't go that route. Modell is the best, the softest fabric, the most breathable, and it doesn't shrink. So it, you know, for a garment that is being put, worn, put in the washer, then dried and then back on your body, it's, it's just, it's, super fabric for it it's amazing right yeah i mean obviously it's a premium product but i think you guys do a great job of sort of leveraging what sets it apart and makes it unique the you know from the from the technology to the post-consumer recycled material um i think all these types of things are are hot button issues now like in one of our previous podcasts we've we've discussed uh, sort of the underside of the fashion industry and how maybe 10, 15 years ago, people buying organic food wasn't as commonplace as it is today. And I think that is analogous to the direction that a lot of brands are going in now in fashion um, as it becomes more and more of a thing that the public has, has become aware of. So I think you know, utilizing a circular economy is not only something that'll set you apart, but uh, will really speak to the, a new generation of consumers, which will be you know, to your service. Yeah, yeah, I think really where where like we want to like set ourselves apart is it isn't our story. It's just something that we need to do because we produce a good. Um, and there's too many businesses out there that don't think like that. And you know, working with like those best in class customers or best in class um, vendors like Tencel Model, uh, we can achieve that and just like have a layer to our business that makes so much more sense. We're having less impact on the planet. And if you ask like why at the end of the day, we want to go enjoy the planet and actually like do cool stuff and keep it going. We want to leave it better than what it was. So, you know, it's such an important piece of the piece of our conversation, but it's not our conversation. It's not like our leading conversation. It's uh, whereas a lot of businesses, that's all they have. And it's not that exciting beyond that. It's just something that you should do as a business. Yeah, I think where Adam's going that it's called like we call it greenwashing, right? Like using the sustainability and the recycled part of it business to really be the main voice for the company as far as that's their marketing and everything. And our marketing is still go out and enjoy yourself. Go out and enjoy the planet. Go and do what like do what makes you so happy, but just be super like personally conscious of like what your impact is on a daily uh, and so with the underwear that was basically like us we love i'm not gonna lie i love going heli skiing when i can or catboarding or going up to the hill and drive you know go on the sleds or ride dirt bikes or whatever we still love a lot of that stuff that's not like what we're trying to say like you know but we're also doing to i guess be the yin to that yang is like we're trying to do what we can in order to make sure that our impact on our 
what we do in a business side of it is a lot less. So, uh, you know, just trying to balance it out a little bit, you know, not doing all of these other things that we know are, can be harmful to the planet because it's all, all, most of it is exhaust, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, just knowing that where we were able to really make an impact, that's where we kind of put our foot down and said, going forward, that's what it is. And that's like one of our big goals is that like 2025, you know, more than 90% of our products that we're selling are going to be either recyclable or sustainable. Oh, is that right? 2025, that's the, that's on the agenda. That's awesome, man. Um, I see that you guys also have a, a number of partnerships that sort of speak to that same ethos. You have Protect Our Winners, the Surf Rider Foundation. Um, how did you guys get connected with that sort of stuff? Uh, Adam is one of the, he's the kind of the guy that made that all happen. I mean, Jeremy Jones of POW has been, you know, obviously a legend in our, in, for me in growing up and, you know, we see him at trade shows and he's got the Jones snowboards and uh, he's always like the guy that we look, he's just been the big mountain rider, like <laughs> since I was a kid. So um, that was a no brainer. And obviously just because, you know, how much snow we have up in Canada and the love for snow sport. Um, and then Adam's really connected through the surf side of it as well. So that's kind of how we got involved with those guys, but I can let Adam speak to that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, both PAL and Surfrider, like we're just making contributions to them where we can. Um, and we're really hoping to really build up those relationships even further to make them more and more official. Um, at this point, you know, they're sort of just industry homies and we're just trying to do our part to contribute to them because they, they go in line with everything that we like love to do and like to play with. So it really fits with like a cause that we want to be part of. Um, again, it's just trying to, do have an impact on the areas that we want to support. Um, and they're just awesome. Like at the end of the day, they, they clean up the oceans, clean up the mountains, kind of win-win. It just fits with everything beneath. Yeah, I love that. It's all about that balance like you were mentioning earlier. Another thing I thought that was really cool about your story is that in, in the beginning, you certainly did a lot of grassroots marketing. So um, I just wanted to hear a little bit more about, you know, what sort some of the initial reception was. I know you work with a lot of top athletes. You know, you can't perform your best, as you guys say, when you have to adjust. So um, what, what, what kind of stuff did you guys hear initially um, when you were handing things out and asking for testimonials? How did, how did the, you know, I guess the target audience sort of receive it and, and compare it with what they've been using in the past? It was, uh, I mean, this is a really crazy question because it's like, I will remember the day. Um, it, it was trial and error, like handing out pairs was like the number one thing. We need, we need to get people on it. We need people to try it. But again, it's such an insane, it's such a product that guys never talked about. Like it's, it's just never talked about. You would never be at like the dinner table or Thanksgiving or when somebody is like, hey, what kind of underwear are you buying these days? Or what are you wearing these days? Or like, so it was, it's just not a conversational piece. Guys never talk about their underwear. So we were handing it out at events and stuff, and it, it really came down to a time that really worked the best. And when we started handing it out at APRE uh, at a big event up here in Whistler, uh, and that was when people were leaving kind of the bar, the pub or the bar or the APRE or whatever and going back to their hotel and then coming back out. And I remember I finished handing everything out, and came back and was at one of the more popular 
establishments that are sitting on the patio and this like two tables down, probably like 10 dudes at it, obviously just like a stag or some kind of like boys group or whatever. And also I look over and a guy whips his pants down and is like, did everybody else wear those underwear those guys gave us? Like how crazy awesome are these? And he's sitting there with his pants off <laughs> at the table. And I was like, when has that ever happened before? When has that been something I've ever seen? I've never seen guys like take their pants down unless it was like for a funny, maybe frat boy type, you know, party. Right, right. This was like right in the middle of the day, like five thirty, six o'clock, and everybody was laughing and being like, Yeah, I got mine on and he whips his pants down too. And I just like looked at my the people that I was with, and I'm like, I think we might have something here. <laughs> if guys are doing that, uh, this this could be good. I love that, man. That's a great one. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, nowadays it doesn't seem nearly as uh, r- random, but then in like 2010, it was like, what is happening? I was almost shocked. I was like, I actually had to check to make sure that it was the underwear that I gave him and not something else. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I remember listening to another podcast you guys did um, some time in the past, and you were talking about how it's a good timing sort of the way men's fashion has evolved. Men in general are putting more focus and attention into their look, not just from a stylistic perspective, but um, also performance. So I think that, you know, you guys are right on the money in, in terms of timing. Have you noticed people that, you know, may not be as performance oriented as the action sports community also being drawn to the product itself, you know, just casual wear, lifestyle, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's really gone from, you know, where the initial design and where the idea came from, from that sport side of it to just kind of come into like, obviously our number one product is just our everyday pair. Um, And most people like, no matter what you do, just having the separation and the, uh, you know, the support is, it helps no matter what. Like it's like, we always say like the, the minute you, the first thing you put on in the morning is your underwear after a shower, basically just gives you permission to go like experience your most radical self. So the performance is really the performance of your day. It doesn't have to necessarily be uh, an activity related. It just has to do with moving. Everything moving starts with beneath, right? That's kind of the, how it's kind of extended that. And then obviously like as we've expanded into different markets and into different lanes and we get into like New York fashion week where we, you know, we hand out a bunch of stuff there. I mean, people just love it every day. It's like almost like some people will be, Oh, I put that on when I wear your pair, I make sure I have this outfit pick. It kind of helps them navigate even more. Some people are like, I put on my sports pair today. It's going to guarantee me going to the gym. So we've really, realize that you know doesn't matter what you do it, the morning depending on what hairy underwear sometimes you grab will kind of dictate what kind of day or where you what you might do that day sure yeah yeah i love the the versatility aspect um i don't know talk to me a little bit about what 2020 has been like for you and, and what are your goals moving forward 2021 and then the next well, I mean, obviously, like most everybody listening, it's like you said, it's been, it's been a crazy change very abruptly, right? So it's taken a little bit of time to um, 
kind of navigate and, you know, train yourselves to different, to work from home. And, you know, obviously a lot of things that I would just be like yelling at chunks from his office to my office doesn't really happen. It has Zoom. Um, but I think it's also brought out a really like a lot of amazing opportunities, especially for a brand our size. Um, it's really helped us, I think, when what the, I think what the world's doing as well is like, it's given everybody a time to breathe, right? Let's, mm -hmm. we're figuring out, you know, what was our wants and what are our needs. And I think that's really kind of like breaking that down and realizing like, whoa, like how much we were spending on this to get that just because it was like bright and shiny and that's what we want. Like, it just sounded like that was going to move the needle and then realizing like, okay, like now that everything's moving a little bit slower, we take some time and focus around it and be like, you know what, if we just focus here, this will actually do a little bit more. This will do better. This is like more authentic. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously everybody's trying to like has an opinion and goes, this is what's going to happen when this opens and you know, and nobody you can collect data all day long. Uh, the watching the, the, you know, the mindset of people coming out of this is going to be like really crazy. I think it's, you know, like that's two months, two and a half months, three months for some people, mm -hmm. you know, I've had relationships that, you know, about that length and I don't remember them anymore. So, I mean, how are we going to remember this as is insane as it is as what, what it is now is it how, like, how long is it going to take us to like just forget about it and go back right right um so i think for us it's been the breathing side of it is really being careful at the same time but for us it's you know survival is going to be the big thing for most brands you know we want to be able to be able to help our retailers uh we want to make sure that we're offering the best possible stuff you know, that's going to help us as a business grow. So trimming down lines, getting rid of skews, and really just focusing on what is going to move the needle for the next little bit, and then starting to reintroduce our product lines and giving us a chance to, like like we said, 2025, 20, with the new innovations that are presenting themselves, you know, what can we now move in that's sustainable or recyclable into this pair? You know, what do we need as we start seeing things open up more? What are the needs? What is the data? What are people going to be saying that they're going to need? What is this? This I think a lot, most people's mentality is that, you know, online has become something that they can't live without, that they're now all educated in. Even like my parents are like, how do I buy a sofa online and send it back? You know, they would never think that before. Um, but they're all thinking digital, right? So that's just the way that it's going. So you know, how do we start uh, representing and showing up digitally the same way where they're showing up at retail and starting to really, really mold those into one as we start shifting into this digital side and how do we help our retailers do it too? To that point, I'm, you know, the shift that we've had internally is really like focusing on the things that we can control. Um, you know, with retail clothes, we can't control that. So we can control our digital, our direct consumer side of things. So we've really like doubled down on our efforts on that side of things. And the main thing has really been changing the way that we message and providing value to those customers instead of just, you know, throwing things on sale like every other brand out there. It's just cheap. It doesn't give you like long brand longevity. Uh, it doesn't create like loyal customers. So in fact, like 
it was a great time for us because it kind of went into April, which is Earth Month, super important for us to yeah. do this month-long initiative to be able to like actually communicate the things we want to, and people are paying more attention to them. And in turn, you know, we saw increase in business for sure, and no doubt we've improved and increased our customer base because they're like these guys are cool, they're authentic, they're actually doing things properly, and they're speaking in the right way, and they're doing good things for the planet on top of all of that. Um, and then bonus, we make the best product on the planet. For <laughs> Yeah, I think the main theme, I think Adam and I talked, and it was like the main theme around when we first started is like not jamming anything down while people are going through this uncertain time, but humanizing the brand so that people kind of knew who we were. I think one of the biggest differences between us and a lot of other underwear brands is we're young. We're like young, athletic, fun people that like to party, snowboard, ski, surf, you know, hang out. It's just a little bit different when the old mentality of underwear companies, I think, is usually like older men, you know, golfing, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like your digital presence is was fine-tuned and ready to go to take advantage of that uptick in e-commerce that we've seen, um, you know, as of late, given that retail has sort of been shut down. So kudos to you guys on that. Um, and we've got some pretty exciting products that we're going to be launching pretty quick too. We've been taking some really, you know, a lot of time and effort and it's only given us more time to really dial in the details and, 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 you know, really figure out like, like to Adam's point and what Adam's been working on is like really coming out with some really cool campaigns uh, that are going to, to, to launch these. Right. So we'll be really focused on just launching single, uh, styles that are coming out that, you know, a lot of people probably didn't even think that we would be going down this route, but it's, it's, uh, these things are going to change an industry again, so to speak. So this is like more geared, I guess I can give a little tips. It's almost coming out, but it's like geared for a specific sports and they'll change that sports haven't had anything change in a long time. They've always just been, this is what they're dealt with. This is what it's been like. And now we've been able to take our technology and mold it into something that's just going to, I think, wow, a lot of people. It's definitely exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing what's to come. Any parting words for our listeners out here? I know we can find you, you know, of course, on Indie GetUp. You're an Indie GetUp partner, which we're really excited about. Um, Bbeneath.com, bn3th.com for our listeners out there. There was one question that I wanted to answer though that I thought would be pretty good for your for your listeners and stuff and that was like giving advice to the younger kids or especially people coming out of this and like thinking about going back to work or doing you know trying to figure out what that job is and now that there's been like you know government help and etc it's giving you more time and I mean as hard as it is it's not easy but I would say that like you should do it like you only live once it's been like it's been an insane ride. It's been like a roller coaster up and down. And I mean, success is obviously measured in different ways. Uh, I measure it with the people I get to work with. I measure it with the, the products we're building and the people that we get to touch with our products and changing people's lives. Um, and it's all, it's so amazing. Like you'll have the, you'll <laughs> get knocked down seven times to get up eight really is like the mentality. Um, <laughs> you're going to pull your hair out, but there's just no, I it just, I would like hate if I look back at my like 30 year old self and decided to take a different route just to be safe, to just have that 
paycheck dated like month to month to just kind of do it and like being broke to being actually in a good spot to being broke again. Uh, I mean, if you can handle it, it's, it's pretty fun. It, it makes life very interesting and you just get to meet some of the raddest, awesome people, even like Jay here today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wanted to pass that along in, 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 in the, at the end, because I think it's really important with people right now that they get inspired and they get motivated. And, you know, if it eases, eases that hard thing that like, if it's easy, that that kind of slows progression. Right. So this being pro or having um, persistence, having an idea, seeing it through it, it that's progress. That's what's going to change the world every day. Right. So, and it's going to take the younger people to do it. So if you're younger and listening right now, do it up, hit me up. If you have any questions, anytime I'm down to help. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good. And one thing to add yeah. to that. I think too, like it really just ladders up to like everything does said, like that's, that's why they kind of built this whole thing and how it came to be because they were being innovative. And you look at what some of our brand values are. It's one to be radical. It's just like straight up. Don't like, if you see something that can be done better, like go to try to do it. Like just try to innovate. Why not? The That's main awesome. reason we started it. The main reason we started it is because we just wanted to afford helicopter gas. <laughs> hey, and look at you guys now. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Still can't, but hey, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a great, that's a great encouraging message because a good percentage of our listeners are, you know, late, late teens, early twenties, college age. Um, so definitely love to. Well, just with social media and stuff, it's just way easier to get things out there and in front of people and really start seeing, you know, when we did it, there was no Instagram there, you know, Facebook was around, but it wasn't really used for that purpose. I just see like how you can start with a very limited budget to kind of get things rolling. Uh, where back in the day when we kind of started, it was like, if you didn't have a pretty big sum of money to start, it was, it was very hard to get noticed or do anything. Cause it's like all magazines cost, you know, mon- lots of money to advertise it. And I mean, luckily I had some contacts that helped us out. And I, that little, obviously the, my package pouch obviously helped us get a little bit of press uh, that way. Cause it was new. We were pioneering something completely different that never been done before. That kind of stuff really helped. But nowadays, I mean, you can really, you, your ideas can be put out there and please protect them. Please remember to protect stuff because people will copy you every day. Yep. All IP, day. of course. <laughs> copy your IP, get, put in the time to, you know, protect that. It's very, very important to build a fence around what makes you different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but but other than that, like, give it a go. I mean, you're going to be old one day and then look back and be like, man, what, what happens? What if, right? That's the biggest thing. You can get to 41 like me and not have any what ifs. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's, the, that's my success story. I don't have any really what ifs.